I'm Ken Young. This is Listening Studio Colorado. It's the start of Pride season in Denver, late May leading up to Pride weekend, June 15th through the 16th, the city is jam-packed with events, fundraisers, and drag shows. The Denver drag scene has a rich history and we're once again represented by one of Denver's own on RuPaul's Drag Race. This time, the amazing Evie Oddly on season 11. Another powerhouse in Denver is Jessica Lahore. Miss Jessica can be seen performing and hosting various drag shows in Denver and around the country. On this episode of Listening Studio Colorado, we're starting a little series called Drag Legends of Denver. I caught up with Jess at Mile High Hamburger Mary's as she was getting in face on a Thursday evening to host Mary's viewing party of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. Well, I know we've been trying to coordinate this chat for a while, and I know that you're super busy. I just want to start off by thanking you for taking time to speak with us. Yeah, I'm sorry again, but I, I'm really glad it worked out. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Totally understand. I look at your social media pages, and I see event after event after event. Do you ever get a break? Uh, I get a break. I usually take like one day out of the week. I try to, or at least a couple hours, uh, one day out of the week to just shut drag out but drag is like a 24 7 job is what it feels like and when you go out of town do you get a chance to see the city you're visiting see friends it's always just work uh occasionally there'll be a trip where i'll go and plan for an excursion with a friend but most of the time it's just work and then i'm back and I'm, that's it when did you first start doing drag uh it'll be six years this july that i started doing drag and you said you're from chicago right the chicago area suburbs of chicago moved out here for eighth grade and i've been here since in colorado so a long time but do you like Denver? I, I don't mind it. I feel like Denver's not as busy as I'd like it to be. What I love about Chicago and even New York is that it's constantly moving, constantly growing. There's so many opportunities. There's so much nightlife. Um, but what I love about Colorado is that there's a good mixture of both outdoor life and nightlife. You can go and hike a mountain and then go out to a club in the same day where you kind of have to plan for that in other cities. But I really like it. People are nicer here. Do you plan on moving back to Chicago? Or? Maybe one day, but yeah? as of right now, no. Uh -uh. Right now, you're okay mm -hmm. here. Over the past couple of years, we've had a couple of drag queens retiring. Uh, it seems like a huge step in the life of a performer to, first of all, make that decision. Do you ever think that far in the future? Do you think about the future of your, your drag legacy? Yeah, I, I think about it a lot, and especially recently. You have to look at uh, drag is great if it's a hobby. If, it, if you're somebody that loves raising money for your community, if you're somebody that loves doing it every so often or whenever it's convenient for you, um, you're, in it, you're in the industry for a lot of the right reasons, but you're in it not really thinking that you're reliant on it. Um, 
If you want to make drag like a full-time thing and you're thinking five years down the road, drag is a monopolized industry that only one way for success or for any kind of notable recognition in the same way is RuPaul's Drag Race, which is really unfortunate. Um, even pageant systems that used to be better or equivalent to RuPaul's Drag Race Continental don't even hold its own against being on Drag Race. And so when you think about it, you're really, your future's in the hands of other people in some capacity, or you can, you kind of have to change what you're thinking about. So a lot of the queens that retire just say it's oversaturated with queens, especially looking in the last two years. We have over 300 entertainers in the state, uh, opposed to a couple of years ago when everybody had their own little areas and own little time, and there was two bars that really did drag, or uh, things change. So when I look at my future five years down the road, that's a huge thing that I'm constantly thinking about. Not only benefit-wise, I don't have health insurance or any kind of insurance because there's no benefits with drag, but where am I going with this investment that is that that I'm trying to make happen and if if it's not RuPaul's Drag Race you have to make it for yourself and it's constantly evolving like you said uh, it's it's very different from when I worked at JR's uh gosh it's been 10 years since I started at JR's Bar and Grill there was a post I think you posted last night on on Twitter or on Facebook I forgot who it was that that posted it and, and you reposted it Ursula Major yes yeah. yes and you were talking about how everybody watches performances on their mobile device or their computer, and and it wasn't like that, you know, ten years ago. And everybody watches performances on their Instagram stories or Facebook stories. The the queens don't get tips when they're performing. It's, there's a lot of this idea that I can be at the comfort of my own home and watch and support and liking a status or liking a post or sharing a photo. It's all great. It, the, those are small little things that you can do, especially if you don't have the financial means. But if you are able to watch a number and you are loving that number that you're watching, find that entertainer and, and send them a dollar. Like It's the same kind of concept that we're trying to move into, especially with technology. We've got Venmo now. Cash app. Yes. PayPal. Yes. So we're here at the famous Mile High Hamburger Mary's. Uh, we've got to give a big shout out to the amazing staff here uh, for letting us have the chat today. Christopher, John, thank you guys so much. I'm so glad that we're having our chat here because Mary's is kind of a home turf for you, isn't it? It's one of them, yeah. I do a lot of the, I'm like the unofficial, official, like entertainment hoot nanny person. I do a lot of the promotional stuff and bookings and uh, try to keep things with shows here. Uh, I do most of my work here uh, while being able to do stuff around town as well. You had a recent fundraiser here called We Are Family. Uh, it was a fundraiser that supports members of our community facing adversity or unexpected traumas. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, the last, over the course of this year, especially since like January, there have been at least one person every single month that I've seen on Facebook that was either unfortunately part of a hate crime, um, that was going through some sort of medical emergency, uh, lost their job and was struggling to get any kind of help, uh, didn't have car problems, which was their only means to get to their job. And, you know, it's all a chain reaction and people are, were just kind of sitting Yes, it's great to do a benefit. So the idea is that this is a twice a month benefit that happens uh, second and fourth Mondays, and it can be for a specific person uh, if it's in need, if someone's going through a traumatic experience, but it, that benefit is going to happen regardless of if anybody's in need. So we have this general fund that eventually, once more people, uh, we have a couple bars on board, but more people get involved, that I want that fund to grow where people can apply for grants and say, hey, it's the middle of this 
month and somebody else already has a we are family scheduled I need this money now can I I want to apply for $200 $300 and I want to be able to grant that to people so that we can help people that are going through those times so hopefully by the end of the year it grows and there's this pool of money that people are able to to use and have and uh, sounds very much like the uh, Denver Actors Fund. It's very, very similar to that idea. Much needed. Much needed. Last week was a benefit for Dustin Schlong. Yes. It was for Dustin. Uh, he's been going through a lot of different medical uh, struggles, uh, diagnosed with cancer, got a tumor removed, things like that. And so uh, a little, you know, it's a little bit more than anything, but we were able to raise about $600 and help out. And Do you still have the GoFundMe link up and running? GoFundMe will be up the next couple. So uh, each person that gets a, a specific We Are Family will get a GoFundMe set up for the entire month. Okay. Uh, if the case is extreme, um, like Dustin's case, or if somebody is really out of commission for a while, we'll extend that for the next couple of months. And so like Dustin will have a We Are Family for the next two months um, with the understanding Dustin is might have to share that date so funds will be split between two people if someone were to come forward and that GoFundMe will be up for the next two months as well. So we'll post a link up on our episode and uh, of course on social media as well. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you don't mind me revisiting the yeah, subject it. because it's old news now but last fall you spoke with students at Career Day. Oh yeah, the kids! <laughs> at Rocky Top Middle School in Thornton. That's how I'm Googleable. No, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even say anything else <laughs> well that was my question uh it made the national news you know here over six months later how did that change your life it, it changed in the sense that a lot of things happened all at once within that first like probably three weeks there was just so much talk around this topic that really didn't need to blow up as much as it did um, I wasn't the first drag queen to ever go to into a school I wasn't the first drag queen to talk to kids it was the first one that had parents complain and the parents weren't even directly involved with the school or the kids um, it changed my life because it allowed me to go to a lot of other schools. Uh, it got around and I, I got to go to a high school two months ago. I went and did a reading time with some uh, kids at a library about a month and a half ago. Um, and even there's a school in, in uh, Nebraska and in Vegas that asked about what it would mean to come out and do like a keynote or a TED Talk style thing to kids that are being bullied. So it opened up this idea and created this persona of Miss Jessica. It started the all ages show that I do at Mile High uh, Comics. It started this idea where people could have me come to their school and uh, all of the nastiness that is Jessica Lahore is stripped away to Miss Jessica, which is really just me, Zach, in makeup talking to other people. And I think it was something I really needed that push for. Absolutely. And anything to bring awareness to the subject, obviously. Absolutely. And I think not long after that, didn't some of the parents of the students come into Mary's and, and see you perform? Yeah, they came. They had they understood that uh, they could not stay for the actual show. Some of the parents <laughs> did, though. Um, so a lot of the kids and their parents came in before brunch and they brought me flowers. And some of the kids wrote me letters and just said, thank you for coming into my classroom and talking to me. Some of the parents and staff were really wonderful. Some of them stayed afterwards. And I had to clarify very many times that that is when Miss Jessica goes away and it, it becomes <laughs> Jessica Lahore and they were just great and accepting and it was it kind of reaffirmed that I was doing the right thing and it, it was really really amazing it also says a lot about you know we have a long way to go for acceptance and inclusion 
in society. Of course. Is there anyone in the drag community or otherwise who has been an inspiration or your biggest supporter throughout your journey? No, they're all terrible. No. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, there've been uh there've been so many so 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 many. Uh I only, I started drag simply 6 years ago cuz I was able to watch Ginger Douglas uh at an Ultimate Queen 6 years ago and that was the reason that I went to Walmart and tried out drag. Um I've been inspired by Victoria Sexton and uh Janessa B. Fierce. Nina Flowers is one of my biggest mentors. I have some of the best, closest friends, Electra Dupree and Kylie Michaels and Crystal and Evelyn Evermore and Lala Shears. There's so many people that have stuck by me thick and thin over the last couple of years that they're not just a sister in the drag community or a friend. They're uh, somebody outside of drag that has been there for me. Um, Mia Stax is another huge one. There's just so many people that I don't necessarily know if I'm I'm inspired in the same ways, but have stuck by me through thick and thin and been one of my biggest supporters. And we can feel that Pride season is is in the air. All the Uh gays are getting restless. Everyone's getting ready. (laughs) They're getting their their rompers, their onesie rompers, and their their harnesses and getting all ready for next month. Any big plans for Jessica for Pride? Um... Just really busy. Uh, Pride season is like the gay Olympics. It's busy. There's stuff going on all the time. It's a marathon. Um, For that particular weekend, it'll be my fifth year on the center stage. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm planning a lot of different projects that don't really revolve around Pride, but I'm hoping to promote at Pride. But I don't really know if they're going to get there yet. So we'll just have to see. Otherwise, just a lot of shows and a lot of new outfits, looks, stuff like that. Very cool. Last year, you produced and hosted the first ever Colorado Divas Drag Initiatives and Variety Awards. How did that come about? It was so good. So I've been pitching uh, that idea, an award ceremony, for four years. And this was the fourth year. And I got to a point where nobody would take me seriously or want to do it. So I just said, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. And I picked a a different venue outside of tracks before it moved to tracks and I was going to do it and I had no help. And I just said, I was going to make it happen and people didn't take me seriously. And and then people started to like when it was too late and um, it was really good. We expected 200. We had about 450 people come and uh, a lot of different awards, a lot of different, uh, we had so many people under one roof and I'm hoping that this next year, it's already set for January 27th. Next year, yeah. Uh, it'll be at Tracks, and it's just going to be bigger and better, and uh, more people will be involved this year because now that there's a structure about how I'd like things to go, and I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited to see what this means for the next couple of years. You have to look at New York that's on their 19th year of doing the Glam Awards, their, their Glammies, uh, that we should be able to get to that point where we're celebrating each other's accomplishments and not looking at it as a uh, popularity thing and not looking at it as a who's better than who. Or We should just be able to celebrate everybody doing great things. And voting was done online, right? Online and then in person the day of the event as well, and that'll change. Is that going to change for the next one? Uh-huh. It'll change so that it's uh, i would like things to be finalized with their voting like a month before the actual event were people just changing their vote at the last minute or they couldn't change their votes uh because everything clocked out and they're like everything timed out at a certain point uh it just was so stressful to add and tally up everything literally minutes before the thing and i'd like to engrave the awards with the winner and not just hand a blank award that says you could have won this or you stole it from somebody and no one would yes. know the difference yes. right so uh there'll be a whole different process that makes it just as transparent and that was the biggest point transparency is that i could show anybody the results and they wouldn't think that i was rigging the the event and also 
make it more effective this year. It seems like everybody enjoyed it, though. It was so good. I, I don't remember any drama. No, not not to my face, at least. It was <laughs> not, uh, nothing. Everything was really positive because everyone could see the effort and the intention behind it. And I think that, that there was more respect for that rather than uh, making it all about me or making it all about a certain person or anything. Well, our Colorado LGBTQ community uh, absolutely blows my mind, especially with the talent. Um, the way we support one another, the things we accomplish and are capable of accomplishing, uh, you're a huge part of our Colorado story, and I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been having a fangirl mowing here as we've been talking. But <laughs> thank you for all that you do, and thank you for taking time to chat with us today. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for, for having me. Absolutely. You'll find links to Jessica's social media in the description of this podcast. We'll also include links to the GoFundMe page for the We Are Family fundraiser for Dustin. The amazing performers of Denver's drag scene pour their heart and soul into their craft. If you enjoy following your favorite performers on social media, consider reaching out to them to find out how you can send them a tip to show your support. I'm Ken Young. This is Listening Studio Colorado. Yeah.